This week on the Big Boss Book Club, I speak with Andrea Biaghi, aka Capolo, about his journeys into tabletop gaming, how he plays the hero Dash in Flesh and Blood, and his thoughts on the commoner format. All that and more this week on the Big Boss Book Club. Thank you for listening to the Big Boss Book Club. If you do want to support the show, you can just by giving us a follow on Instagram at Big Boss Book Club or give me a follow on Twitter at Big Boss 010. You can also give the show a like or a follow or a review. Any and all support is greatly appreciated. Again, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the show. Don't you hate it when you're trying to keep your cards protected and you just can't find a reliable folder or deck box? Well, Vault-X are a UK-based gaming accessories company that offer an assortment of accessories such as folders, deck boxes and sleeves. And I'm happy to say that I'm now an affiliate for this fantastic company. Uh, this means that my listeners and followers in the UK can use the code BIGBOSSVX on VaultX.com to get a 10% discount on their order. This will not only get you a discount on their awesome range of products, but will also help support the show directly. And you can also access the affiliate link via my link tree on all my social media accounts. Also, for any followers or listeners in the United States, you can also take advantage of this via Amazon.com. Using the code BIGBOSSVX, you will also get a cool 10% off your Voltex products and, again, directly help support the show. Again, that's BIGBOSSVX to get 10% off your order with Voltex. Protect, organize, play. And welcome back to this week's show. So this week, as you've already uh, heard from the intro, I have another great guest on this week. I've been very lucky to have an all but too brief interaction with them prior to the show and was super excited uh, when they said yes to coming on to uh, have a chat. Um, I can now happily declare that he isn't a future podcast guest. Um, Tommy Fresh calls him the uh, Swiss prophet. He's a YouTuber, Andrea Biaghi, a.k.a. Capollo. Thank you for coming on the show, dude. How's it going? Hey Tom, thanks for having me. Everything is great. Just enjoying a really warm day. San Diego, right? Is that, is that where you live? It's San Diego and it's like 27 degrees right now, which is really nice weather. Oh, wow. To put this into context, we're recording on the 22nd. Um, it's been it's been okay here. It's not been very warm, but it's been sunny. I can deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird for the UK. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so weird walking around, actually, because everyone, it's like everyone saw the sun and decided it was summertime. There were so many people in, like, shorts and vest tops that I saw walking around today. I was, like, actually quite uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, it's like... Everybody's guy. on vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, guys, guys, it's it's not it's not that hot. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like it's like ten degrees. It's like settle down, settle down. Um, <laughs> how how long have you been in um, uh, San Diego? That's uh, it was from since two thousand and eight, so it's almost fifteen years. Oh wow, really? I assume it was for work. I'm assuming. Uh, first was for school. I came here for my master degree. Oh, wow. then I found a job. And uh, 
So I had a job for like 10 years and just switched job like a couple of years ago. But yeah, it's like first for school and then found a job and oh, nice. so I'm here. Oh, nice. Fair play. Fair play. Hey, sure, you know, if you if you get somewhere like that in your, your it makes sense to just stick around, doesn't it? <laughs> if you're happy there. Um, so we had a chance to play all too briefly in the holiday brawl event for Smithles and Commoner League. I, I said then I would love to get you on and have a, have a natter. Um, so I said before we started recording, we'll throw a few uh, questions at you and we'll uh, we'll see what we can uncover about you as a person. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting here with like a notepad and pen, just taking notes, it's fine. CA interrogation, like send it to the t- tax people, send it to... <laughs> How did you know? No, 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 nothing like that. Nothing too sinister. Don't, don't put me on the FBI list. <laughs> keep this guy keep this guy on watch he's playing dash keep this guy on watch <laughs> and so question one really is um how did you get into tabletop gaming what is your journey to where you are now so i think it started with like magic the gathering i think it was probably like seven or eight it was a okay. summer vacation uh in italy and uh just like hanging out with other kids there was a couple of kids that like both these cards and they were playing and I was kind of like curious. So I went with my parents to like a, I think it was like a bookshop okay. and we bought a couple of packs and then I like started learning a bit how to play, but we were playing like almost like no rules, no mana, no lands, <laughs> all cards we have. I don't even remember exactly how we played, but we played with all the cards that we had. You see, that's kind of funny there actually. Cause I, um, I suppose the first card game I ever actually was exposed to, not necessarily played, but was exposed to was Pokemon. And we used to just play with the Pokemon. Like we would we would play like we were in the game. <laughs> like <laughs> so we would we would have a Pokemon out, you would just do its attacks until one Pokemon died and you bring out the next one until you're both both gone. Um so yeah, I <laughs> and what was the next steps then in terms of magic? Did you did you sort of go into that quite heavy? No, in the beginning, it's kind of like my brother picked up the game too. Then my neighbor picked up the game, and then kind of my brother and my neighbor like stopped having interest in the game. Probably when I was around like ten or eleven, so I just had cards and I kind of stopped playing. Okay. And then I think I started so much afterwards. I like had a long break. I played like board games with coworkers and. That's it. But then one day I went to like an anime convention just because I was in town. It's like, just check it out how it is. And uh, I saw uh, Dual Decks, I think it was uh, Tibalt versus Sorin from the first Innistrad, and it was in Japanese. Okay. And I was also studying a bit of Japanese at the time. So I was like, oh, this is cool. So I just bought it and like I put it in my office, kind of just like next to my monitor, just kind of like a decoration. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then one of my co-workers uh, says, oh, you play Magic? I said, no, I just, I just bought it for, like, because it looked cool. Look cool. And then uh, <laughs> he told me that if I want, they do, like, draft every month at their house with, like, with his dad and his fr- brother and his cousins. So I said, like, oh, I, can, I could try it. And so I didn't want to, like, show up unprepared. So I consumed a lot of contents. 
<laughs> I started. I went to the local game store to do like a draft, and I got destroyed super quickly. And I did a pre-release after that, and then I did pre-release. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. A lot of people are helping me out building the deck, and like the judge of the pre-release is still like a good friends of oh, mine okay. after nice. ten years. But yeah, wow. so, and then after that, just like set a bit more than. Just after that, I was just like playing casually, and then there was a Grand Prix in not too far. It was like Auckland, it was like maybe like an hour flight. Okay, that's not too so bad. Like, yeah, let's go to the Grand Prix. Let's, let's see how it is. I just played the Grand Prix. I went O2, dropped to play like a side event, and then after that, I started like. I kind of want to get better at this game because I get my butt kicked every <laughs> FNM. <laughs> And then just got a lot into magic. First limited, then like do the transition to like standard and modern. And then I fell in love with like legacy. And also I've won Grand Prix result with in legacy, which was nice. Okay. And then quarantine happened and uh, I lost all the interest in playing magic. Oh. <laughs> I used to play also a lot online to like practice and there was nothing to practice for. So it's like, I find it pointless to like play online. So I mm. took a break and maybe do like play some magic arena, but not that often. No. And then one day I was discussing with one of the people that play magic. That is also part of like Tommy's community. It's like drunks or Dr. Unks that lives here in San Diego. And he told me, well, I bought this game on that it was advertised on Channel Fireball. It's called Fashion Broad. I have the intro decks. Do you want to try them out? The Ira decks. No, it was uh, well, the Blitz decks for Monarch. Ah, the Blitz decks, okay. So we played one game of uh, Levaya versus Prism. <laughs> we didn't know any of the rules, so we had to read everything. I think our game lasted an hour and a half. It's funny you say that, actually, because that's literally the mirror of what we did. Me and my friend Stu, we played the the Prism and Leviathan Blitz decks right out the box. Not we, I'd been buying the game for since Welcome to Wrath, but I'd not played it. So when Monarch came out, I was like, okay, we'll play these decks off. And literally, because we had no idea really how to play, yeah, the game took like over an hour <laughs> to play. Yeah. It's insane. Um... And then after that, he told me, in two weeks, there is, like, a, the calling in Las Vegas. We probably cannot, like, play in the main event because it's constructed and we don't have any cards. But let's go and, like, do the limited side event package. So I just went there, kind of just just with him, and I didn't know anybody else to play Flesh and Blood. And then I just walk around of the calling. He's like, oh, I know this guy from, like, playing Magic. There's so many people that I used to play Magic and go to Grand Prix too, they were actually playing in the calling. So I'd chat a bit with them and then I decided to pick up some cards for Dash because it's like I don't know what to play. Let's play a Dash because it's an aggressive deck. That's my thought at the beginning of Dash was aggressive, so let's play yeah. Dash. <laughs> and then I discovered that Dash is more like kind of like a mid range control, but can be aggressive, so I can add up, but yeah, then Picked up Dash, like, all the pieces, like, when I was there. And then I played mainly Dash since then. So we'll jump into Dash then. 
I'll put a bit of context on it. So when I started playing, um, when I started actually properly buying like cards, Dash was the hero that I wanted to play as because I quite liked the steampunk kind of look. Um, I like the fact she had a gun. Everyone else seemed <laughs> to have swords. It's like, okay, well, uh, we know who wins out here. But then I ended up sort of more on Viscerai because I bought packs as opposed to singles. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ended up with more Runeblade cards than I did Mechanologist. Was it the style of Dash that you liked, or was it was it the aesthetics? Was that was that a factor in it? The aesthetics are not much. I'm not too much into like steampunk, but I do love the border of the mechanologist cards. Uh, the metric is metrics. Yes, yeah, metrics is near Dash. Yes, and but I don't know. I just like liked how it felt that you have the pistol plan and you have the boost plan, and you can like. Interchange between them. You can also only do pistol. I like the versatility of the deck and like adapt to any matchup you play. Like a completely different game plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew uh, Mason, who I play with a bit here from uh, Az's Discord, he loves he loves Dash, and he's always because at the moment we only really play Blitz at the armories we go to at the moment. Um, and he's he's always like really oh should I bring the pistol package do we do the aggressive boost package mm. with blitz it's it's a bit more CC's got a lot more variety to it hasn't it <laughs> yeah I mean also in blitz you can have variety but it's more risky because I did play like dash control in blitz and it's like if you have like the bad matchups, you're like blocking way too much, and you just either lose on time or like get fatigued out by not having cards. But it's possible to play dash control in Blitz. Because I, my very first actual flesh and blood event was at um, UK Games Expo, a couple twenty twenty one. It would have been now, I think. And I took dash, and it was a Blitz event that I did, and. I decked myself in all the games because I just kept boosting. <laughs> yeah, it's, just... a, it's a tricky balance to to not get decked out or like getting close to deck deck decking out while trying to deal little. Yeah, it's tricky and it's also like matchup dependent. So, obviously, like Dash, have you done much with Data Doll? Because obviously there is another mechanologist. People sometimes forget <laughs> there's another mechanologist, but there is one. Yeah, I've done some data doll. It's like I tried like data doll. I played like one armory, went three and one, felt decent, and then okay. I tried to do the when uh, Dynasty came out. I tried to do the mechanoid data doll, and okay. I felt that it was not good enough. I mean, I was able to assemble it once and win, but all the other times I was like so close to assemble it and then died. Yeah, so. 3-1 with Data Doll, that's um, spectacular anyway. Because <laughs> Data Doll is not known for getting good results. Yeah, I tried once, it was bad, and then there was a copy Cody, like, kind of give me a list. We actually did a duck tag on my YouTube channel about it, going all the cards and the lists and the various options, and I took that list and went 3 and one and he topated a skirmish with it. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. I like that. Um, 
before we jump into your creation side, any other sort of tabletop games? Do you ever play anything sort of like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, anything like that? Or is it just strictly sort of magic until you kick that in the head? I have not played any Yu-Gi-Oh. Besides, I tried it on the Steam to do like the the Yu-Gi-Oh game, but I did not like it. And as far as Pokemon, I played it a bit on the... What was it? Pokemon Online, I played... Yeah, a bit, but I don't have many real cards of Pokemon. So just only digital. Yeah, quite a lot of the time, from a lot of these interviews, um, it seems like pretty much no one ever played Pokemon. But I know Pokemon is a big, (laughs) big thing. But a lot of the people I speak to, it's never been, never been a game they've really played. Like as didn't mention anything about it. Like Tommy. No, like Kagani, no. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, stick to Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic seems to be seems to be the more common uh thread between folks. Um so obviously you have your YouTube channel. What was the decision behind starting that up and how's that uh, all been going? So the decision to make the channel was kind of weird. I was playing in some content creator. I was streaming back uh, Magic, and I was invited to like a content creator cup in which we had to put our games on YouTube. Okay. It was like organized by MP Numbers. It's a guy from Tasmania in Australia. Oh, nice. And uh, we had all like weird stipulation, like common only, or you have to play like i don't know only creatures or like weird stipulation every week and uh so it's like oh i can do like youtube channel and put some videos on then i decided to have a youtube channel now try to do some like mtg news but it was kind of like hard to keep up and didn't do much about it then i did like a couple of strategy guides which i think is my most watched video on my channel is like uh mtg arena like strategy and plugins and like okay. settings and like auto maximize experience and then after that i took like a bit of a break okay and then like flesh and blood arrived it's like oh i can try to there were not many flesh and blood creators at the time no it's like i can do like a video so i do the video to do sealed without knowing much about sealed <laughs> I probably should delete that video. It's really bad. <laughs> then uh, when we went to Vegas for the calling, I did like some sort of like vlog style. Okay. And then after that, I I got into Dash. I got my pieces. I did watch uh, a video from Rick from BCW. I don't know if you heard about him. Yeah, yeah. And he did a deck tech of Dash, and so I took his deck, I played it around Armory, I made some changes, and I made a really long deck tech with uh, like every single matchup, what you should do, and that like got a lot of eyes. And then dude, like the double hammer all team also was one of the most successful videos I had. It was like pretty early on. Oh, nice. Okay. So then after that, I was like, oh, there's people like watching it. So I started doing much more content. And like this year has been kind of drying content from my side. It's like the new set is 
I'm not too much of a big fan of outsiders. The draft is fine, but I have no inspiration from like limited uh for constructed for any of the heroes. No. There is no new cards for Dash. No. And also life has been like quite busy. I've been working a lot and I know that feeling. I <laughs> uh, I I did a um uh, I probably shouldn't have even done it there, but I did a bit of a blog post before, just before Outsiders um, pre-releases started. And I was just like, I don't want to play Outsiders. I'm not interested in Assassin. I'm not interested in Ninja. I'm not interested in Ranger. Um, I'm going to a pre-release because I've been playing card games since 2003 and I've never been to a pre-release before for any game I've played. So I was like, Do you know what? I'm doing it. Um and my my uh, partner, we have our second child on the way, so it's like, congrats, he, thank you. Um, he's due at the end of May, so actually, from the end of May, I'll probably have to take a little bit of a hiatus from everything anyway. And I'm like, and the set that's out before that is a set that I have absolutely no interest in. <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, but unfortunately, I went played, and now I got, I because the the field was basically a ratney. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to play as Azuri then. And I got absolutely hooked on Azuri and I've since sold a load of stuff and bought, used the money to buy Azuri cards for Azuri. Um, so unfortunately, I got fish hooked right in. I did. So you've probably avoided. I think Azuri is also like the easiest to build in CL just because like just a pile of generics and like a couple of stealth cards goes a long way. Yeah. It... it, it f- I say this with um, uh, with Tommy actually when we did our interview. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to play as Ninja" because my Ninja stack was huge. But then, when I actually took the the dual class and just moved them all to Assassin, actually the Assassin pile was massive by by any any metric. So I was like, "Well, I'm gonna have to play Assassin." Uh, I looked up and there was like three people because it was only six of us. There was three people playing Arachne. And I was like, well, I guess I'm playing. Uh, guess I'm playing Azuri then. <laughs> just, just turned the hero card over, and it was Azuri on the other side. I was like, that will do. <laughs> but yeah, it was really, really easy to build. There was just an abundance of a assassin cards and six damage, two cost attacks yeah. that that were suitable for the swapping. Yeah, and Azuri ended up winning. Um, I it would have been an Azuri mirror in for the for the for the title so to speak but unfortunately i had to leave so um andrew mason ended up picking up the the big w and he was playing azuri as well so nice. but yeah i know what you mean um it's difficult to put out isn't it when you're when it's not your stuff but i never liked ranger and then like uh, riptide looked like i really like the art and like oh, oh, yeah. riptide is gonna be awesome and then this point the cards it's like I don't really feel like playing Riptide. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I thought that when I first saw him, I thought, oh, he's going to be a, a, a cool character. But yeah, I'm, I'm not... I wasn't going to start buying Ranger cards just to uh, <laughs> just to play as him. Um, I say that, though. I've bought a load of Assassin cards to play as Azori. But um, luckily, I've, I've, I've just gone with the um, Dan Dando list, which was doesn't have like surgical extractions in it so i don't have to fork out <laughs> didn't have to fork out a terrible amount of money yeah i was able to open one surgical extraction out of like five cases maybe wow 
Then I traded one for like a extended art Iron Song reprise, whatever the I don't know. So it was an extended art for Dynasty that somebody that plays a warrior wanted. Oh, okay. And then the last copy, like somebody opened so many boxes and was selling it for like half of the price. I was like, sure, because I pick it up. I never played with it. It's still like in my deck box, but. I have a playset of the surgical exception in case, oh, like, like breaking case of emergency. <laughs> Get these on. Um, I suppose it's TCG player in, in the states, isn't it? It's card card yeah. market over here. Um, even saying that, though, actually, I, had, I did have a look uh, yesterday, and the prices do seem to be coming down. But it's because we're getting closer to. Um, Dust till dawn and, and uh, dawn, mm. dust till dawn, dawn till dusk. I, I think it's remember. dusk till dawn. Yeah, but I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I just think the George Clooney movie um, with all the vampires in it. I don't know if that will be somehow encapsulated in the set, but because uh, <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was just like, I'm pretty certain that's a. Um, oh, what's his name? His name has evaded me. Those are like the violent films, like Kill Bill. Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, that's the badger, because Dust Till Dawn was one of his films. So oh. it instantly just had this image of, of like, is this going to be like vampires? Are we going to see vampires in Flesh and Blood? Because it, it just it just kind of makes sense. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Who knows? Uh, but I like Flesh and Blood has a lot of references to like many other things in their cards, so who knows? Yeah, so... I know about like yeah, because my background isn't magic. My background's um, my background's Yu-Gi-Oh. When I was telling my friend Martin, who sort of got into the game as well, I was telling about all these different cards and their effects and things. He was like, "Oh, that's from Magic. Oh, that's from Magic. Oh, that's from <laughs> like, oh, okay." There are many cards that have the same name in Magic. Yeah, yeah. In in like um, Opt. Isn't that one, for example, like it's there's a card called Opt and it just does exactly what Opt does. Like look at the top card yes. of your deck. <laughs> yeah, there's a card called Opt. I think it was like printed a long time ago and got re- reprinted a couple of times recently. But yeah, it's like Opt is like basically it does cry one, that's cry is what Opt is in Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but saying that though, I guess they've got to come from somewhere these ideas, haven't they? Everything's kind of been done. I mean, Magic's been going, what, 30 years now? Yeah, so you had a 30-year anniversary last year. Yeah. Did you buy any of the uh, the special packs? No, I went to the Magic 30 event in Las Vegas. Oh, wow, did you? Was that good? It was, like, crazy. When I entered, they have, like, all these, like, sceneries everywhere and, like, like, like a uh, various like scenery between the magic and you can take pictures with like a giant like boat or like character like statues but then after that like the magic just after five minutes like okay now what because mm. the gameplay area was pretty small and was like not super well run out uh, were like because most of the convention center was for like just booths and vendors and like and death panels, but and then like in the back of the area that is the play area, but was long as the convention center was long. It was probably like 
20 meters by, I don't know, like 200 more meters. So they had to run the events in like that strip. <laughs> and uh, they had d- divided, but you don't know where your event was and you had to sign up this. I mean, you had to sign up months in advance. So many people didn't even show up to events or like drop the events. Oh, wow. It was really confusing. But yeah, I went down only for one day and it was enough. <laughs> like I've had enough of this, I'm out. I don't know. I feel like um, magic's driven. Like I said it's not my it's not my game. It's not my um, thing. But I feel like they're not doing a great job of um, onboarding people, but they're doing a very good job of shipping people away to other games. It feels like. Yeah, I feel like yeah, there's not many people that was as starting from what I know, but. I'm like a bit of outside of the world and a lot of people that used to play a lot of them like stopped or like switched to like play like more like kind of commander that is like the mm. UPF version of magic and it's more like they become like more casual and they restarted with pro tours which is nice but I feel like a lot of people don't care about that anymore oh wow yeah my friend um, again Martin he's a he He's been really big into magic for a long time. And even he was kind of like, when I said to him, oh, I've got this game, Flesh and Blood, and he was like, oh, I'll give it a go. He was like, you know what? I think this is what I've been after. Because there's only so many times you can go, like you said, go play Commander. Or just yeah. casual. He wants something a bit more um, competitive. Would you consider yourself more casual or competitive? Or have you got maybe gone back and forth so I started casual, I became competitive, trying to like achieve like pro tour and whatever, and then at one point it's like why well, I'm even like doing this? I just like then I just like switched to like I like playing competitive setting just because the gameplay is more clear on what's going on and like there's like less sloppiness and you are held mm. accountable, but then I don't care about the results, like I got to tournament to have fun, to have my like five, six hours of like kind of distraction from like the real, the real life, the real obligations. And I just want to have fun. I don't care about winning. If I win, good. If I lose, like, I mean, I went to a tournament. I went like O3 and I had a blast just hanging out with people, playing. It's like, it doesn't really matter. For me at this point, it's just like, I want to have fun. If I win, it's better. But competitive settings, I prefer to play in like kind of competitive settings where it's more clear on mm. what's going on. The communication is more clear. There's, I don't know, just yeah. Also, I want to improve myself while having fun. So that's also. Oh well, yeah, because obviously, if you've one of the things I like about those sort of settings is. So so in the so example, we went to the ProQuest in Leeds um, back in January. Um, and the, we had a couple of rules issues, which ended up being clearing up late, cleared up later by a, a, a judge. But I'd been playing, I played Briar, and I'd been playing it essentially wrong, <laughs> and I didn't know because every time I'd played against someone, it kind of just been, well, I don't really know what Briar does, so wh- whatever you say. And I've yeah. been playing it wrong, actually to the detriment of myself. <laughs> and so, yeah, so going into those competitive settings, especially when there are judges who are walking around and can you can say, excuse me, 
my opponent doesn't know how this works properly. And they say, oh, yes, you actually have to do this, Tom. And I go, oh, that actually helps me. <laughs> so <laughs> are you telling me you've not been playing that the whole time? Like, no. Shockingly started winning games after that. So I know what you mean there, actually. So obviously we're both in Smithall's, um Commoner League as well. How do you feel about Commoner as a format? I like it as a kind of entry point, and also I think it rewards skill more than any other format just because of the power level that the cards have overall. It's like lower, so you need to be able to like outskill your opponent most of the times more than like out deck choice your opponent. Mm. Even though I feel like there are like some decks that are like kind of a bit of a menace of the format. What decks do you think are the menace of the format? I think the one that you play. <laughs> <laughs> Oldim. Yeah. I think Oldim is like a problem because you, you you put so many matchups that they are like non-games. Whether like, I mean, I think Oldim still like probably loses to a good Kasai or Ira. Mm. But the problem with Oldim is like if you play like ninety percent of the other heroes, you're like out of win. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played against Kasai yet or an Ira. Um, I finally got to play against Dory, and I did manage to win. My opponent was not happy with the game, um, which I'll talk about in another episode. Actually, because I'm going to do a review at the end of the season. I do like all them. It's it's fun to play, but some of the matchups, like if you play against a dash or you play against, I don't know, like some decks that like try to go wide or expend a lot of cards quickly, you're gonna win. Yeah, chain is another good one. Yeah, because they're not gonna kill you fast enough for like the how you can protect yourself. So you they're gonna run out of cards before. Whether like if you face like. Akasai or Ira, especially like those are the two main decks that I've been playing this season. Okay. Like, they have game against Oldim because they can like like poke damage through and Oldim like unless you get one of the big attacks, like attacking with Titan's Fist is just for damage and they can block with one card. And then they can come back back like poke you for one, poke you for two, or like mm. attack you for like like three and then you have a reprise card so it's like you want to overblock so it puts the game a bit more to parity yeah i i I must admit i haven't haven't played against uh kasaya i there are heroes i do want to put the deck against that i have yet to actually play um we've (laughs) we've been invited uh, smithel and myself have been invited to be part of uh ultimate pit night with uh, as and we're doing a, a commoner um, a commoner one, um, nice. and uh, he he actually responded back to us saying, "If Tom plays Oldim, I'm gonna go postal." And <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I I just I just recorded this video of me just wiping the back of a card. Couldn't see the card, just saw the the card. I was just like, "Oh, sorry, just uh, just ignore me. I'm just blowing the dust off this card here." And I turned it over, and it was my Oldham card. And I just went, "Ah, that's better." And I just sent it to him. It's just like, "No," <laughs> it's like, "I promise, I won't play it. I promise." I think Oldham feels. I feel like I almost feel like Commoner has 
a very open field. Probably has a more open field than the other formats because Bravo is still a bit scary. You've still got like Ira, Dash, Chain, Briar. There's almost like a lot of heroes that are quite scary to see across from you. But then there are heroes that you see and you go, yeah, you ain't winning. Like like Viserai, for example. You can win with Viserai. It's hard, but I won like, I think my only win last season was with what what was with Viserai. Really, I, see, I... I got one win with Cavden and one win with Viserai, but yeah, that the rest oh. lost. <laughs> oh. my last season was awful. Um, but I was playing like jank decks. <laughs> I mean, I played Cavden for like more than half of the weeks. Oh, really? It's like I'm just here for fun and play yeah. whatever. That was essentially my attitude going into last season. And by the end of it, I kind of hated myself for having that attitude. Because I was like, I've literally won no games. I've just just, just played, like, absolute jank. Um, like, I was turning up with, like... I turned up with, like, debt lists I just grabbed offline before the match. You know what I mean? My opponent would be like, oh, I'm, I'm playing this deck. I'd be like, okay, what decks didn't get banned? Okay, yeah, I'll just find a debt list for that. <laughs> Um, and that was pretty much like I played like uh, Dory Axes. Never played Dory Axes before. I was just like, let's do it. No, not Dory Axes, sorry, Bolton Axes. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah, I got creamed. <laughs> just, just, just wasn't fun. How was your season five going up to now? I did win my first week with Ara and Kasai. And then my second week, we were scheduled to play a couple of days ago, but then the person had to drop for like personal reasons so i'm like two and all but i only play one week oh okay so you got the bye oh yeah do you know what probably not up to us to to think what personal reasons were i guess that's a shame when people drop that it happens i feel like it's a big community because you're playing like five six weeks in a row and you need to be there and like find time and it's gonna be challenging for me like in the in the next coming weeks because i'm gonna have like my family, my parents visiting me, so it's like I will not have much time to play. So trying to find like the one hour that I could play. Yeah, you said you got your family visiting, haven't you? How long are they yeah. coming for? It's like a week and a half. They arrive on Friday and they leave on the Monday. Okay, that's not too bad. You, have they visited you before? I assume they have. Yes. Yeah. Don't need to take them to see the sites or anything like that. They know where all that is. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're probably going to be here more mainly for shopping. <laughs> oh. My my cousin does that. He's been to a, a New York a couple of times on holiday, and he basically just goes with an empty suitcase policy. He said, I'll just buy everything while I'm there, which I don't really understand. But he's got a bit more money than I've got. <laughs> yeah, so obviously we've got um, Dust or Dawn coming up. Um, going to be... Hopefully, some more mechanologist cards. Are you are you hoping to be able to get some more content out of them? Uh, is there anything you're hopeful for in those cards? Is there anything you you think this is what Dash needs? I don't know if like Dash till dawn will be like only shadow and light exclusively, or if they're going to be generics or like other classes. We don't know yet. I hope maybe we get something, maybe some more like items for like a different strategy for dash because with it's being supplemental in theory in theory there should be cards for everyone shouldn't there i mean that's not been the case in the past because all the supplemental did not have 
much talented cards. There were like really, really few talented cards. Yeah, well, the base. That could be maybe maybe only talented cards in the supplemental. Oof. We need to wait a couple of more weeks since we have the first spoilers. I think they're gonna reveal something at the at the Pro Tour in Baltimore. Are you going to the um, Pro Tour? I am sadly not, since my parents decided to like visit me that weekend. So oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we just talked about. I was planning to go, and then. Uh, I couldn't go, not go anymore. So I play a pro quest, and it's like oh, I cannot win. You can have the win. <laughs> uh... I would have been able to qualify for pro tour, but then it's like I really don't care. Like spending time with my f- parents is more important than playing my pro tour. That's it, isn't it? You've got to um, got to pick your spots and prioritize, haven't you? Really. <laughs> So in terms of your channel, are there any goals you have for your channel moving forward? Anything in particular you're looking, whether that's, well, all sorts of different things you can factor in. Are there any particular goals you have moving forward for it? I don't have, like, any specific goal. Like, what I want to do is, like, videos that are, like, useful to watch. Like, usually my videos, besides, like, deck text, are, like, quite short to the point. I want to provide, like, information in a short time. I've... I have a couple of videos planned. I was working on one, but the time is limited. Okay. So hopefully we'll have out a video in the next few days, maybe, but who knows? And then besides that, it's just, I mean, the goal is like to reach like the thousand subscribers so you can like monetize your content. That's probably like the main goal, but I really not pushing for it, not really stressing about it. If I get there, well, if I don't, Whatever. How many are at the moment? Like 700 and something. Oh, wow. So actually getting closer then, getting ticking, ticking nicely towards a uh, thousand. Yeah, slowly because I've not done much content lately. It's like I want to, from like doing a video every week or two, and now I'm like a video per month, more or less. And I think it's been more than a month since the last video. But I'll try to have a video up hopefully by tomorrow. Because I wrote a bit the script, I filmed some of the parts for it, but there's still a good amount of work that needs to get done. Then editing. Editing takes time, but I feel like it's kind of like the least, the kind of stressful, not stressful, less heavy part. Because even if it takes time, you can do like a bit at a time, whether like if you're like trying to like put down a script or rec- or recording pieces or like just gathering the content, it's like it feels more like heavy work, even though it's probably shorter than the editing part. I mean, like, as, for example, the old guy's UPN, um, like, 70 hours of of uh, admin on that bad boy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big, big commitment. Yeah, we had, like, we basically, like, the game lasted, like, two hours. And also as lost connection twice during those two hours. Mm. So it's a lot of, like, patching the videos. Because our cameras were like going like nonstop, whether like probably Az was not going nonstop because he had disconnected twice. I oh, didn't. He didn't mention that actually when we spoke. <laughs> oh man, Jesus! But, but yeah, it's a lot of work that Az put into the video. I mean, the result is like amazing. Oh yeah, it's like it's so much work. It's like I said this with um, Tommy actually. I said I was like the hardest working man in in the. Uh... The game, it feels like. 
it's like so much effort. Like even our Bravo Bros videos are like just ping, pinging up cards, doing cutaways. It's like, wow. Like why? Go give him money. Give him money. Yeah, I need to watch the Bravo Bros videos. Like I've not had time lately to like watch too much of the content. Like podcasts is like easier to. Any goals in terms of flesh and blood? Because obviously you've said you're more, you're probably more casual, just kind of enjoying it, although you like the competitive side of it. But is there, a, do you want to see a, a video on your YouTube channel declaring your, your dominance when you win the world championships? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really care. It's like, it would be nice to like requalify to nationals because mm. last year I qualified for nationals. And then I had to fly to... I already had the flight scheduled to go to Switzerland to visit my family. So I I qualified for national like three different ways and I could not even play in nationals. Then I asked if I could play in the Swiss nationals and uh, LSS told me I couldn't. That's a bit naughty really, isn't it? Because Tarek played in the American and Canadian yeah. Nationals, didn't he? Well, he won both. It's because it's like where you're resident, like now Tarek is a resident of Canada. Ah, uh, okay. So it didn't matter that you're actually from there. It was more that yeah. you don't live there anymore. Yeah, I got to meet Pascal while I was in Switzerland. Okay. That's pretty cool. Did you guys not meet? Did you go to. Um, which one did he go to? Oh, it was Lille I mean, at to, Worlds too, but Worlds was after. Mm I went to Switzerland. I was like, when we my girlfriend, we were like on a vacation. We took the train, and when we stopped in the town where Pascal lives, and I message, we arrived at lunchtime. I I messaged Pascal, "Do you want to get lunch?" And then we <laughs> want to have lunch together. Ah, nice. Yeah, I like Pascal. I like Pascal a lot. Like being um, on the Bravo Bros with him, being hilarious. He has a very um, he has a very dry sense of humor. Yeah, he says things and he sits there, and you're just chatting away, and then you really he's like, "You guys didn't get the joke," and we're like, "Sorry, you told the joke," because <laughs> he was saying about we just recorded Bravo Bros uh, a couple of days ago, and we were talking about his deck, and we were talking about like potential swaps for cards in his sideboard. I said to him, oh, "What what about the stuff from 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 outsiders? You know, like Amnesia." And he says, um, oh, I had thought about that, but I can't remember what it does. I mean, I started saying what it does. <laughs> but, I, but actually, it was him saying, guys, guys, the card's called Amnesia. And we were like, oh, my goodness. Like, But he just sat there, just completely straight-faced, like completely deadpan. And I was like, you absolute joker. Um, so I hope that makes it on the episode, actually, because uh, <laughs> me and us were just like, oh, no. That's a funny joke. He's he's he's, he's a he's a character, um, the Swiss Superman, as Az calls him, as as coined it, and I've stolen it. But yeah, absolutely hilarious. Are there any any sort of people you're looking to meet for your like in terms of like getting people on your YouTube channel? Because I know like Tommy Fresh was like, I'd like to get you know big JW on. Is there any, is there any, like do you have any aspirations like that to say? Can we get some of these folks on? I feel like my channel is more like a kind of single person creation. Mm. I had like Copy Cody in there, like doing deck tech about the data doll, and that like game with like a few other people. But I feel like it's I'm not too good of like 
interacting with people and like come up with questions or topics. So I don't know. It's like most likely I will. I don't have any aspiration or any plans yeah. to have like anybody on my channel. <laughs> it's like a solo project. Yeah, I mean that's how this started. Now it's turned into an interview show. But I kind of like that to be honest. It's kind of more my my vibe than me sat talking into my phone. I have a microphone and everything now. It's a fancy operation, except for the horrible internet connection that I have in this house. We'll, we'll finish up there. Actually, one more question. So you got involved in Ultimate Pit Night. What are your thoughts on UPF as a format? Uh, I like it. It's been fun. I like the version that Tommy used to, did a couple of times on his Discord that is like drunk UPF. <laughs> that at the beginning of your turn, you basically have a crazy brute that you have to sacrifice. So you have like one random effect in the beginning of each turn, which speeds up a game quite a bit because the game that we play with <laughs> with us like lasted forever. Yeah, it's long. long UPF is f- is fun, but I, f- I feel like the card pool is still like too small. Also, the same is, I think, is my opinion for like CC. It's like there is only like so many ways you can build a hero. It's like, it's like you can maybe skew it a bit more aggressive, more controlly, but there is not much kind of freedom on cards to play. And it's the same as like UPF. You're a bit on like on rails on like what cards you play. I suppose very similar to what we talked about a little bit earlier. We said about like dash. You don't really know what dash you're facing until you see the item go up. It could be like control dash, it could be like mid range, it could be aggro. You don't know until you see the, the, the item. A lot of heroes don't really have that. If you see an old dim presented in front of you, it's probably going to be fatigue, isn't it? <laughs> There's a chance it could be a bit more aggressive, but yeah. the dice roll is it's going to be fatigue. Um, you know, Dory. It's like it's the same for UPF. It's like I see, like Az was playing Kasai, and like uh, Pat was playing Dory, and it's like you probably know, like as soon as you see the hero, you know, like eighty percent of the cards in the deck without, which it's a bit of the lack of pool that we ever know. We need more like playable cards, probably. Hopefully, we'll get a bit more of that. Do you think they'll do um, Mechanologist in the next draftable set? I have doubts. Really? Because I don't know where we're going next. That's mm. the problem. Yeah. I feel like we are going to Mysteria, and since we have like three Mysteria here, maybe the story brings back to Mysteria, but I don't follow too much the lore to know where we're going next but i i hope we get a mechanologist because i think it's the class with the least amount of cards probably is at this point isn't it really because they've only actually got i think it's the class with the least amount of heroes as well isn't it because they've got one cc and one blitz hero that's it yeah i think even yeah because even like ninja they've technically got fi so they've got two adult CC heroes, then you've got Benji as your blitz. And Ira. Oh, Ira. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got to be, he's got to be due one. Because a lot of people, I know when they first announced that uh, Outsiders were going to be in the pits, that we were going to see 
they figured it would be mechanologists next or even mechanologists and outsiders, but that didn't come to pass. I feel like the good thing about LSS, like you never know anything about what they're doing. It's like every set has been like completely different from one another. They had like different like any everything. It's like all the supplemental sets, you do you look at the first one, the second one is completely different. The third one it was different. Also, like going from four hero drafting to the three hero to the six hero, yeah, <laughs> to have to having like a token equipment that you can start the game with in the headpiece. I feel like they're doing a good job of like keeping it fresh with like something that you don't expect in every single set that they release. Do you think that following the Fab Two Point announcement that things have gotten? That it's that it's become better overall, moving away from the first edition unlimited format and throwing coal foils, marvels, all those types of things into just normal boxes. Yeah, I think it's got better just because I feel like before we had like a bit like discrepancy between like legendaries. Like legendaries was like hundred dollars or more and majestics were like two dollars. Yeah. And now we have a bit more of like the Majestics are worth a bit more than the Rainbow Fall Legendary. It's just like sub price of some of the Majestics, whether they call fire like the chase card. So it makes it more affordable for anyone to get the new cards in Rainbow Fall like the equipment for like a reasonable price instead of like paying so much. For example, Tunic or yeah, Skull Cap at the time was like also like really expensive. So it makes it really more affordable for anybody to jump in. And also, it's like if you open a Majestic, it's not like just paper. It's like it has some worth attached to it. And also makes it easier to make trades. Yeah. Trade up or trade down. or Because the value in the cards is, is definitely, like, I've noticed a massive improvement in the legendary prices. Um and then, like you said, that pump up in the majestic prices, yeah, kind of makes it all uh, a bit more reasonable, doesn't it? So big on onboarding, <laughs> big on getting people in. How'd you get people in? Wonderful. Right, we will move towards the end. Um, I will give you the floor to shout out and plug everything you have, uh, <laughs> everything you have going. As we discussed, I do YouTube videos uh, at Capolo, K-A-P-P-O-L-O. Also, quite active on Twitter, depending on how I feel certain day. <laughs> but yeah, same uh, handle. You can find me on Twitter if you have like any questions. And um, besides that, I'm quite active in Tommy's Fresh Discord. I feel like that's the Discord I look at the most because there are a lot of good people in there so yeah. I'm like in there often just chatting about random stuff playing games or just sometimes random voice calls just chatting and so you can find me any of those three places wonderful fantastic uh, thank you so much for coming on dude I really appreciate it um, it's thanks fast. for the invite yeah Um Folks, you can follow us on Instagram at Big Boss Book Club, Twitter, Big Boss 010, and Big Boss Book Club on Facebook. And of course, if you remember it, Hive Social, it's still there. I double checked. Thank you so much for listening. 
Um, this has been Kapalo. I'm Big Boss. We are out. Peace.